Now that the Green Bay Packers are on their bye week, it's a good time for a checkup on the rookie class. To do that, we check in with Aaron Nagler of PackersNews.com. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. fans welcome to railbird central at cheesehead tv i'm your host brian caravu we're talking some packers football this morning we're talking rookies and to do that we have a guest joining us on the phone we have cheesehead tv founder and now of packersnews.com he's aaron nagler aaron how you doing today I'm doing well, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. No problem. And before we get into this discussion here, Aaron, I think the Cheesehead TV crowd would just love to know, how's the new gig going? And I think they want to know, is there ever a chance of Packer transplants reuniting, even if it's down the road a little bit? Yeah, I don't think we've heard the last of Packer transplants. It, it, it will reemerge at some point in some form. Not quite sure how that's going to happen yet, but I... I will not be surprised if and when it does. Uh, as for the new gig, it's great. It's still a little surreal. Um, uh, you know, being in attendance at every game is very odd. As you know, I've spent kind of my whole adult life watching as a transplant on television, and now I'm there every week. So it, it's a bit of an adjustment, um, but it's good. I mean, I'm kind of finding my way still. I think, uh, you know, it's a very new position. It's something that, you know, doesn't exist in a lot of other markets, and They've really kind of enthusiastically embraced uh, social media and video, and they've wanted me to spearhead it, and it's a ton of fun. Now, you're doing a good job before uh, so far, and uh, just just on the last episode here of Rail Central, I was musing, what do I call the organization you work for? Is it Packers News? There's Press Gazette. There's <laughs> Journal Sentinel. There's USA Today I know, Network. Right? I mean, I don't know what to call it. I know, I know. I, it's funny you say that because I've been kind of dealing with that myself. I just use PackersNews.com. It's the one umbrella that kind of covers everything, touches everybody who writes for us, even though some of them may write for the Journal Sentinel, some of them may write for USA Today. Everybody ends up at PackersNews.com because that's what it's about. <laughs> Sounds good. That's what I will refer to here on out. But Aaron, we got a good discussion, I think, on the rookies today. Uh, I think it's a good chance during the bye week kind of take stock in them. Uh, let's start off with Kenny Clark. How do you think he's done this far, the first round draft pick? And what do you think happens to him when both Latroy Guyon and Mike Pinnell come back? Yeah, I think you'll see his snaps limited a little bit more than we saw, you know, obviously Sunday against the Lions. I think he's done just fine. I, I didn't ex ever expect him to come in and light it up, and I don't think anybody with realistic expectations was expecting that. Um, he's very young, very young guy who missed you know a good part of the offseason due to the NFL rules. Um, so, yeah, I think you finally have seen him being active in these last two games. Uh, you've seen him with penetration. You've seen a really good job of leverage. Um, now, he hasn't made a ton of plays, so to speak, but I think those will come 
you know, more and more reps he gets in the league. But, you know, like you just mentioned, those two guys coming back, I would tend to think he'll be in the rotation, but you won't see – I tend to think you won't see a ton of snaps until maybe later in the year. Yeah, uh, definitely a good point with it. You know, he's like 21 years old. He's one of the youngest players in the entire NFL. It's just going to take entire some, league. Yeah. It's, it's much like not quite as young, but similar to Randall Cobb when Randall Cobb was a rookie. You remember how young he was? Yeah, It's absolutely. a very similar situation. He's, he's incredibly young. He's playing a big man's game down there in the trenches. And you got to think, you know, they'll bring him along slowly. All right, the rookie who's getting the most snaps, Blake Martinez. You know, it seemed to me like the book on Martinez coming into the NFL was that he was better in coverage and worse against the run. But through three games, doesn't it kind of seem like it's the opposite? And maybe it's just because it's just three games, but doesn't it seem like that so far? Yeah, I would I would agree. I mean, just the eyeball test anyway. Uh, it sure seems like the kind of, I guess, the... The idea that teams were going to run at him hasn't really materialized. I think when you've seen that, when teams have attempted it, he and the front seven in general have just done a great job. I mean, everybody working in concert, run fits, filling gaps, etc. cetera. Uh, Martinez is a big part of that. You know, as has been reported ad nauseum, he wears the headset communicator there on defense. And he's done a fantastic job of getting guys lined up, um, working in tandem with Ryan or Thomas, whoever seems to be opposite him. And the thing in coverage is, you know, he's been in position to make a few plays. He just hasn't got his hands on the football yet. I think that will come. You know, you saw once in Minnesota where there was a pass over the middle that I swear I thought he got it for a second. And then <laughs> it, 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 floated, it floated by him, and it was a first down, and you saw his frustration come out as he pounded the, the turf. But I think, you know, you've seen him in position. He's just, it, it's just play speed. It's just, you know, reaction time, et cetera getting up to speed with the NFL, I think those plays will come. It's encouraging because he's been in the right spot. He just hasn't been able to make a play on the ball yet. But I think those plays, like I said, I think they will come with time. All right. So uh, on our last episode, we had on Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. He was our guest on our show. Um, It was his opinion that Kyler Fackrell was the most impressive rookie thus far, with, of course, the understanding that was admittedly a small sample size. But would you agree with that assessment? You know, I probably wouldn't. I'd probably give that distinction to Martinez just because of all the responsibilities on his plate and what he's being asked to do. But that said, I think Fackrell has really surprised people, if only because he, was, he had such a dispiriting camp and preseason in the sense that you never really saw him making a ton of plays. He was fine setting the edge, you know, against the run, et cetera. But it, it was, he's an older player. You know, a lot's been said about his age. He's an older guy. Uh, a bigger, lankier guy who you drafted, you would think, to provide a little pass rush. And in camp, in reps, in practice reps, and in preseason games, you didn't see a whole lot other than against, you know, third and fourth stringers. And I thought coming into the season, well, you know, you're you're not going to see a whole lot of him. But Dom Capers has kind of gotten him into the rotation now. And uh, my colleague Michael Cohen wrote a great piece, I think yesterday, kind of outlining, like, how they've brought him along week to week. And I think he is improving. There is no doubt about that. And you saw, you know, his big, his first NFL sack against Detroit. Hopefully more to come for him. But, yeah, I think he's definitely, you've seen the improvement every week. There's no doubt there. Yeah, his plate's full. I think he played more special team snap than anybody on the roster last week. So that's a lot to handle. Um, Coming back to the defensive line here, we've got so many rookies on the defensive line. we got Dean Lowry, Christian Ringo, Brian Price, 
Who do you think among those three will be the biggest contributor the rest of the season? I would think Lowry. Um, just given the rotations and the way they'll probably try to work him in. It's funny you mention all those guys because there was a point where, what was it? I, the other day I, I tweeted out a vine that I did of a running play, and I just counted. There were, I think, in the on the front kind of seven or eight guys, there were five or six first- or second-year players, <laughs> and they were shutting down the run, you know? It's just incredible with the injuries how many of these young guys they've had to play. I think Lowry probably has the most promise. I think Ringo is there simply because he was with the team last year. He, you know, he knows the defense. They know they can count on him. I don't think he brings much to the, to the table. I think Lowry's got the best upside, and I think he's the guy who will probably get the call when needed and the guy who will probably produce slash you know, be available uh, most snaps going forward. We're talking to Aaron Nagler of PackersNews.com here at Cheesehead TV on a Friday morning. Aaron, uh, do you think Kentrell Bryce was deserving of more playing time on defense with Morgan Burnett out? Well, it's hard to say. I think they, they trust, you know, Micah Hyde there, the opposite of Clinton Dix. Uh, you, you know, you can quibble about the coverage on the big play that Hawkins gave up at the end of the half. You didn't like to see him kind of break down and then also have to restart when he realized Marvin Jones wasn't out of bounds yet. Uh, you don't like to see the guy kind of give that play up, so to speak. But that said, he is a hitter. You saw that uh, Sunday against the Lions. You saw that all throughout camp and preseason. Um, you know, I, is he deserving? It's hard to say because we don't know what's going on in practice. We don't know, you know, what assignments are, are being given out, etc. But I will say, uh, you know, he is a hitter. He is some. He lights people up in a way that the defense, you know, has kind of lacked that kind of guy who is an intimidator over the middle. Um, and he definitely brings that. And with that said, Dom Capers has always, prob- you know, has traditionally liked to kind of skew older, uh, especially at the safety position, just because of all the responsibilities you're given. He wants to play those veteran guys, and I think he's going to acquiesce to hide more often than not. Uh, we talk so much about the rookies. There's so many of them on the defensive side of the football, but to turn to the few that are on the offensive side, uh, Trevor Davis, we've seen Aaron Rodgers miss him deep and we've seen him draw a penalty, but we haven't seen him catch a pass yet. Do you think, uh, when is he going to become more involved? I think, you know, it's pretty clear that they're trying to kind of work him in, so to speak. You saw that, um, you know, against the lions, he was on the field a bunch. And like you said, he, he tried to get him deep, had him on the comeback that he dropped. Um, you know, that speed is something you just you can't teach. You can't match up against it. And they're going to keep continuing to try and work him in. I doubt they ever try and force it and feature him, so to speak. It's not going to be a Randy ratio kind of scenario. <laughs> but, you know, they, they, will, they will continue to sprinkle in plays. And I think, you know, the, the production will come. It's, it, it's an offense that spreads the ball around a lot. It flows through Jordy Nelson and Eddie Lacy. There's no, that will always be the case. But, you know, those opportunities will come. He just has to capitalize on them. That's, that's the biggest difference there. All right, offensive line. I, I know we haven't seen much of Jason Spriggs outside of special teams thus far, uh, but I'm kind of curious, should, should anything happen to Brian Balaga, knock on wood, would you trust Spriggs at right tackle after he focused almost strictly at left tackle during camp? I think this is kind of a something that's been shoved under the rug because just because it doesn't come up unless an injury happens. But, you know, with, is Spriggs the right tackle if, if something happens? Yeah, I would tend to think so. I mean, we know, like you mentioned, if something happens at the right tackle, we all know Brian Belaga's injury history. You know, he's got, he's wearing a brace still. 
Uh, you never know exactly, you know, one snap, the snap in the NFL. You never know what's going to happen the next. As, for Spriggs at right tackle, yeah, I, I got to think. You know, they drafted him specifically as insurance on both sides. And he didn't run at right tackle a whole ton during camp, but he did take reps there on okay. occasion. And and I would absolutely think that if something happened, he would be the first man up on either side, specifically because, you know, they traded up for insurance for the fact that last year we saw how their offense completely fell apart when they had injuries at the tackle position. Whether it was Barclay, whether it was whatever, or Sitton, or whoever they tried at tackle, it was kind of a disaster until they got Treader out there against Washington, and even that was an up-and-down performance. Um, this is why the kid was brought in. He was absolutely brought in to make the offense not have to completely adjust slash fall apart if and when injuries strike at the tackle position. So I would tend to think, yeah, they'll, they'll trust him out at right tackle if needs be. All right. We got through pretty much the entire rookie class here, but just uh, uh, do you have any reaction to the newly announced plans for the Titletown district uh, that came out yesterday on Thursday? You know, I don't really. I, it's funny. I, I, I don't really connect to it. To me, it's, it's very much the future of the Packers, and I understand that. But I very much miss the days of, you know, Bob Harlan picking up his own phone and uh, Bob Harlan going door-to-door for the referendum to kind of revamp Lambeau Field. And back when, you know, the, the bike ride with the children in, in training camp wasn't sponsored by a corporate entity, it's, I understand it's a, new, it's a new day, it's a new age for the Packers, and this is what they have to do to stay competitive in the modern market of the NFL. But to me, it's not, it's not the Green Bay Packers. And I look at Titletown, the Titletown district, and I have zero connection to it. I, it doesn't do anything for me. So maybe that's just me being a cold, emotionless New Yorker, but that, that's kind of how I feel about it. But they announced all the park stuff yesterday. That's not corporate. I mean, that's, that's nice spending time in a park yeah, with your family. That, it's, it's, exactly. Spend time with your family and then go over to the shop and spend some money. <laughs> don't, don't, don't be... Don't be don't be this naive, Brian. Come on. <laughs> uh, it just, it, yeah, it just doesn't do anything for me. But before we let you go, anything on tap today or over the weekend at Packers news that uh, our readers can look forward to? Or you had a yeah, you had well, a podcast with Rich Eisen? I did. I had Rich on my podcast yesterday. You can check it out at PackersNews.com. I'm just about to get the morning buzz up. It's something I do every morning, kind of collecting stories, tweets, anything going on in social over at PackersNews.com every morning, get your Packers fix. And uh, this weekend, I think I'm going to be laying low a little bit just because it's the bye week. It's the one week I get to spend with my family before I disappear until January following, <laughs> following the bye. So uh, I'll be chilling, but my colleagues will have lots of great stuff up. Bob McGinn has a, an amazingly fun column this morning, kind of building an imaginary football team with players and execs and coaches from the state of Wisconsin. Everyone should check it out. And speaking of Wisconsin, where are you going to be watching the Badger game tomorrow? <laughs> just at home but yeah it's a big one for sure big one yeah definitely well rich rich eisen and i talked a little smack on the podcast yesterday because you know he's a big, big michigan Wolverine man fan, yeah so. yeah <laughs> so, so it, was, it was good everyone's everyone's looking forward to it no doubt <laughs> yeah it'll be fun Aaron, thanks so much for taking a few minutes and uh keep up the good work at uh packersnews.com all right thanks a lot brian yep take care aaron nagler founder of cheesehead tv so uh Still, uh, he's still got his thumb in the in the pudding or whatever saying you want to use there uh, here at Cheesehead TV. 
but uh, doing doing good work. Go check out his stuff at Packers News. Uh, the buzz coming up this morning, and check it out every morning. And go listen to the podcast with Rich Eisen. So plenty of good Packers content for you coming from Aaron Nagler as we continue on with the show. Packers news of the day. All right. Uh, as we just talked about with Aaron Nagler, the Packers announced plans for its park area and public space on Thursday. Um, the biggest announcement was the presence of a 45-foot tubing hill and ice rink and ice trail and fire pit. You know, which is designed around the winter months. And to me, that that really made sense to me. Uh, this is a team known for its frozen tundra. And if you've ever been to Wisconsin, you, you know winter probably lasts more than three months. It, it really begins in late fall and can extend into the early spring. So I think there was a need for recreation to focus on the winter while still being utilized the rest of the year, I'm sure that I'm sure the tubing hill is essentially. Um, I know it is. It's a it's a building that's going to have a snack bar as part of it uh, at the ground level, and there will be a vent space built into it. Um, and I'm sure the hill will be used for like photo hop photo ops during the the rest of the year you know it's 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 45 feet high and it it points right to Lambeau Field so you know I'm sure people walk up there you know this time of year during the fall or during the summer if they're for training camp and and kind of take pictures of the stadium Um, but there were other announcements yesterday as well including you know as part of the the public space or park in the Titletown district uh, there will be recreational areas that will have a bocce court, shuffleboard, outdoor ping pong tables. Uh, it will have a full-size football field that can be used for football camps and youth football games. Uh, then there's going to be a football-themed playground that will have areas for the 40-yard dash or little games or installments that will kind of simulate combine type of drills uh, then there will be uh, um, um, pop-up tents or that space for for pop-up tents to host fairs, festivals, small concert things like that. So there's plenty to do. I, I kind of got a lot of this from the article at PackersNews.com by Rich Ryman, uh, as he explained uh, kind of the 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 formal announcement by the Packers yesterday as as part of things they're doing for the Titletown District. So. It's kind of the big news on Thursday, you know, during the bye week here when, you know, there's no football, upcoming football game to talk about. Uh, there's no press conferences going on with either the players or the coaches. So this this kind of filled the void. And it, you know this was coming. We knew the Packers were going to have this park area as part of the Titletown District. That was announced a long time ago. Um, but it's just kind of like the plans coming to life here and finding out specifically what's in it. And it, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be open to the public starting this upcoming summer, summer of 2017, whether every single little thing will be ready by then, uh, perhaps not. Uh, but, uh, you know, at least part of it will be already be open to the public this upcoming summer and that's definitely exciting um 
And I, I, you know, I see where Aaron Nagler is coming from in that, you know, it's got so business oriented, but I'll tell you what folks though, uh, to, to that end, it, it is, if you're, if you're of that opinion, I hope you at least agree it's a necessary evil. This is what the Packers have to do. If you want to enjoy the Green Bay Packers in Wisconsin for the rest of your life and for the next generation, if you have children or grandchildren and want to see them watch the Packers in the in the pro- smallest market in all of professional sports, this is how it's going to be done. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that, you know, it's, it's drawing people year round to green Bay, the, the town we've, you know, as fans have come to know and love. And, you know, I think that's a good thing that people are visiting, you know, the, the primary attraction is the football, is the stadium, is the history, is the hall of fame. But while they're here, they can enjoy all these other things like a brewery, uh, a nice hotel, uh, all sorts of shopping and dining, and uh, a nice public park adjacent to uh, to the stadium. So uh, it, it is a if 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 you're you know the glass half empty, it's a necessary evil, um, and this is going to make you know what makes the Packers competitive is they draw in all the money from this in order to stay in Green Bay uh, for the foreseeable future so that's the way I look at it but anyway on to football news here Uh, if there was a small amount of football news this week during the bye week uh, reports that the Packers brought in four players for workouts during the bye week uh, I believe first reported by Adam Kaplan of ESPN.com and three of them were on the defensive line so uh, the players that the Packers brought in were they they included two undrafted rookies. One of them, Brandon Bryant of Florida Atlantic University, and the other, Lars Cote of Florida International University. Just so happens to be the two Florida teams in the Sun Belt there who are rivals. Um, but but Bryant was in training camp with the Seahawks and Cote was in training camp with the Denver Broncos this year before being cut. So they were with other teams, and they were kind of developed for a little while. Uh, So those were the two rookies the Packers brought in. And then they brought in another one, a second-year player, Joey Embu, uh, who was actually a rookie in 2015, and he played in a handful of games with the Atlanta Falcons last year. I believe he played in two games. And, you know, among among the names listed here, Embu, to me, is kind of the most interesting. Um, you got to remember, he, he was a rookie back when I was still the editor of the Cheesehead TV Draft Guide, the, our draft publication. I was still doing that in 2015, didn't do it in 2016. Uh, but I can remember the interview with Embu at the NFL Combine and him telling about his father-in-law who is a FIFA soccer scout, and he actually, his father-in-law played with the Cameroon national soccer team, and Mbu played soccer growing up. I mean, this is a guy who's over six feet and over 300 pounds right now, but I think he's a guy who, because of his background, 
has some movement skills, you know, as, as a youth, as a kid playing soccer growing up. So, so if the Packers sign one of these players, I, I think he should be the one. You know, the Packers currently have one opening on their practice squad after Brian Price was promoted to the active roster uh, for the last game against the Lions. Um, And, you know, they had temporarily filled it with cornerback Robertson Daniel, who was stuck around for all of five days before being released again. Um, but if the Packers are, are looking to fill that spot now, and, and if they're looking to fill it with one of these guys, uh, my vote is for Embu uh, for the reasons that I told you. And albeit it, it's not a lot to go on, uh, but it's something. And that's who I think they should fill. I mean, who knows? Maybe they don't sign any of these guys and they go somewhere else and somebody maybe they already had in training camp that they like better than what they saw from the, from the tryouts. Uh, but uh, apart from the defensive linemen, uh, and uh, the Packers also brought in one offensive tackle, another rookie, Lawrence Walker of Minnesota Mankato, who had a tryout with the Vikings. Uh, but to my knowledge, he's never signed an NFL contract yet. So he's kind of a wild card. Uh, but there you go. There, there was the Packers news uh, this week, uh, foot on the football field news or having to pertain to the football team. We'll see. Like I said before, the, the Packers are kind of in no rush to sign this player to the practice squad today or tomorrow. Just, uh, you know, any time before they get back on the practice field, I imagine they'll fill it by then. Uh, technically, you know, they don't have to. Um, but I imagine as they start to get ready for the New York Giants, um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll have the player in place. So he'll be there for the week of practice and stuff like that. So that's, that's coming up. So that's, that's one thing to look forward to on our next segment. The day ahead. Uh, I, like I said, I don't know if it's happening today, tomorrow, or when they sign somebody, you can look forward to that. But, you know, apart from that, the, the, there's no Packers game this weekend, but there will be activity at Lambeau Field this weekend as the team hosts its annual Halloween-themed spooktacular inside the stadium's atrium on Saturday from 9 o'clock a.m. to 3 o'clock p.m. And uh, it's going to focus on children. Uh, this is kind of, a you know, later on, like closer to Halloween itself, they, they like host a haunted house inside the concourse uh, of Lambeau Field. But this one kind of focuses on young children and, and kind of more fun stuff, not scary stuff. But there will be entertainment on Saturday inside the Lambeau Field atrium, including music, acrobatics, balloon animals, magic. There will be pumpkin carving. Uh, and this is one of a series of community events as part of the Packers Give Back, uh, Give Back initiative. Uh, focusing on community outreach. So if you live near Green Bay, take advantage, take the kitties, and uh, maybe you do so early in the day. It opens at 9 a.m., so you're back home in time for the Wisconsin-Michigan game uh, this Saturday. With the Packers on a bye, that's the biggest thing to look forward to, in my opinion. Um, But the Badgers are always the biggest thing to look forward to, in my opinion. 
as an alum and big and season ticket holder uh, of the Badgers. But yeah, exciting, exciting game as the Badgers take on Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines, a battle of undefeated teams and uh, should, should be fun. Uh, even though that the Badgers lost two players yesterday, uh, which was insanely disappointing. The losing kicker, Javier Gagliannone for the year and losing uh, linebacker Vince Beagle, perhaps the best rush pass rusher in all the Big Ten for two to four weeks. Uh, th- those aren't helping matters uh, here for the, for the for the uh, Wisconsin Badgers, but uh, we'll see. It'll be fun regardless, so that's to look forward to. Um, the Packers don't play, but there's some games in the NFC North this weekend. The Lions and the Bears square off, and then the Vikings take on the Packers' next opponent, uh, the Giants on Monday Night Football, I believe it is. So, uh, lots to look forward to uh, in the NFL this weekend. So, enjoy it, folks. Enjoy your weekends, and we'll see you once again on Monday morning for another episode of Railbird Central, which airs at 8:30 a.m. Central Time. The live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. My call to action, as always, as usual, if you've not done so already, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It's the one small thing we ask. The show is free of charge, no subscription, no paywall. So if you do us a solid, head to iTunes, search Cheesehead TV. It'll pop right up and um, uh, give us a brief, brief uh, little review. It doesn't have to be anything long. Give us that five-star rating. We'd greatly, greatly appreciate it. So... Like I said, folks, uh, have a good weekend. On behalf of everybody here at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Kiravu. Uh We'll see you, folks. I leave you today, um, if I can find it here, with a co- song called Simple Gift of Man by Brothers Past on Psy Fidelity Records. See ya. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.